Live from somewhere in Michigan, this is the Legal Aliens Podcast. This episode of the Legal Aliens Podcast is supported by Detroit's own El Nino Podcast, hosted by Eladio Nino. This Detroit-based podcast was started to provide real, everyday people a platform to share their stories in hopes of educating the current and next generation about life and your inner self. Check out the El Nino podcast live on Facebook and on YouTube. Awkward silence. And I hit it with the intro. Hit it with the intro. <laughs> it's the Legal Aliens podcast. It's the Legal Aliens, in case you guys didn't know by now. It's your boy like Manny that. Fresh, and we got in the house Brian, Mario, Angel, and our special guest Eladio Nino, the Real Everyday People Eladio Nino's podcast. If you guys that are watching right now, go like, uh, subscribe, follow, share on all platforms. Uh, give my boy some love. We appreciate you for being on. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? This is Eladio Nino from the El Nino Podcast, Real Everyday People. Uh, appreciate you brothers having me here with you guys, man. You guys are so progressive, so inspiring, man. Much love to you. I applaud you, you guys. And uh, I'm, I'm here to contribute, man, to you guys' well-being, boy. We appreciate yeah, we, you. We really appreciate that, man. Yeah, and um, one thing that we were talking a little bit off air is, like, you know, the community that's uh, being built around here in Detroit, um, you know, not to, you know, put a whole biography here on everybody's, you know, uh, background, but yours is something that's definitely, I feel like people should hear more often, you know, because I, I, I think I can say you're a pretty positive person, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah, and I'm no, sure everybody in this that, room definitely. can definitely agree he's a pretty positive person. Definitely positive. Um, but I, w- I wanted to get this uh, perspective from you, Eladio, because, you know, uh, we, we've only run into each other here and there. How how have you seen the city change since you were like a kid? Cause you did you grow up here or did you grow up in another uh, state? No, I grew up right here. I was right. born in Chicago, but I was raised in Detroit. I'm raised in Detroit, and um, so I've been all through Down River, River Rouge, Ecorse, Southwest Detroit, Lincoln Park. Those have been my stomping grounds, bro. You know, th- this is where I grew up at. And, um, you know, I'm very prideful, you know, of where I come from. But the transitions, bro, that have happened because, you know, I was absent from society for 17 years. You know what I mean? And remembering what things looked like then as opposed to what it looked like now. Like, it was bittersweet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of places and things that I remembered, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, they're just either not there anymore or, you know, um, you know, they're just they're gone. You know, and but I have seen a lot of progression as well. Like like when I first came down to the neighborhood and um, when I got out and I was driving down Werner and um, and I seen El Club Mm -hmm. and I seen the uh, the scooters and the bikes and all these things in the neighborhood. And I'm like, 
what's going on? Like, somebody's going to steal these things. You know what <laughs> you know, I'm saying? You know, you know funny, I, I thought the same thing, too, when yeah. I started to see them pop up. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. bro, they, they have to be stealing these things. That was like, the first yeah. thing that ran through my mind, too. I don't live in Detroit, and I thought that, too. I'm like, yeah. this is weird, even to me. Like, That's why I on? was like, what is going on? Like, before, they used to take the gutters off your house, you know? The, <laughs> While you, you know, were in they there. Still, they yeah. still do. They just don't do it as often. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro, it's crazy. And I'm like, damn, they got bikes on Werner like you know but I've seen so much progression I see so much business thriving I see so much more unity within the community people have so much more respect for each other you know what I'm saying like I know um, you know I work at the uh, DHDC the Detroit Bank Development Corporation so I'm very much in tune with Corktown Southwest and everything that's going on in the neighborhood in our community for better or for worse you know what I mean and um, I so I'm always you know conscious of what's you know going on politically wise economically wise and uh, you know Corktown is, is thriving it's a thriving place you know what I mean they got a lot of you know manufacturing a lot of you know they're building all that good stuff and i know you know they're um you know talking about the gentrification going on in the neighborhood you know but you know i just this is my thing is that for thousands of years since mankind existed we have all people of tribes and we have all people of migration you know what I'm saying? People have settled for 50 to 100 years, sometimes 1,000 years, and then eventually they migrate. You know what I'm saying? Or they just, you know, they just disappear. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's the same thing with people in today's society. We're migrating. You know what I'm saying? I understand they're saying that a lot of the people from the neighborhood are getting pushed out. And I believe that there's always money and politics that are always involved in that type of mm-hmm. stuff. But where do I see our people going? I see them in River Rouge, Ecorse, Lincoln Park, Wyandotte, Southgate, Taylor. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I'm looking at it like, wow, my people are coming up. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, they're coming up. They've moved. Like, they're leveling up in life, you know? So, and and um, and then I just see, like, a new generation of Mexicano people and Latino people in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And all the thriving businesses. Like, I felt like I was home, bro. The culture, when I you come home after 17 years, all my senses were enhanced. I could see better. I could smell better. I could smell southwest detroit in the air you know what i'm saying the restaurants the the food just the culture you know what i mean and you taste everything different you hear everything different you see everything different because when you come from prison the environment is a very cold environment everything is concrete everything is gray it's it's uh chain fences and and um you know barbed wire gates and everything is just rough exterior and then you come home and you got flowers and restaurants and foods Mm -hmm. and you know what i'm saying like it just enhanced all my senses you know and I just, I was able to see how much, you know, Southwest Detroit is beautified. Right. And the homes that they have in the neighborhood are like mini mansions, bro. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, you know, like people really turned, you know, shit into sugar, bro. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah, they true. bought the two lots next to them that were burnt down. And now they run businesses and, you know, beautified the house. And mm-hmm. those are skill trades that Latino people have. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, they're applying it and beautifying the community, bro. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, and, and I've, I've, I mean, I've only been here in the state since 2004, and I've talked about it in previous episodes of, like, how I've seen um, the city essentially change from, you know, and then you grow up with the city. That's another, like, different, like, attachment to it. That's why I like it so much, you know. I keep coming back. 
because I mean it's all it's, it's that community feeling you know you get from people being here i remember i personally you know i talked about it uh, before in the podcast i got <coughs> jumped you know like i'm sure like many of us in this room mm-hmm. except for mario because you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't exactly <laughs> the privileged one the privileged <laughs> one Man, i went but, through all that but, right you know, here on this block so, on this yeah, street uh, right me, here me it was you know three blocks from here and like just the environment you know people fucking standing in the corners you know in groups just up to no fucking good and, and that has just been decreasing over the years, and, and it almost like it gets slightly better. You know, you don't hear shootings every night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At least here, I'm speaking. You know, I'm not speaking for all of Detroit. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking for you know Southwest Detroit and uh, around Clark Park. But you know, it's it's definitely gotten better. And I mean, I, I, I'm sure everybody agrees on here. I mean, I I remember you know I grew up around all Southwest. You know. And I remember when we first got here, we were always, like, changing, like, from neighborhood to neighborhood, like, renting out houses and shit until we got, like, our permanent house. And I just remember, like, there's been times I I would, like, be, like, nervous, you know, myself just walking down the street. But then there was, like, in more recent years, like, like, I feel I can walk around most of Detroit and just, like, feel safe. And, you know, it's just around all of my people. Right, right. That's crazy. Like he was saying, because, you know, like, there's so many latinos here like southwest has always been a place yep. yeah. with latinos you know mm-hmm. but we also had a large population of african-americans and people from like honduras and all that shit we got and dearborn then, too yeah and dearborn yeah, too dearborn, you know? yeah, dearborn and then, is connected right to yeah. us yeah and you know now we've just like grown like there's so many more latino people out there you see you know you drive down around southwest you almost feel like you're in mexico because like you see all these yeah. signs in spanish you know you hear right. all these you know hispanic communities all these hispanic businesses and shit and it's just it's like an amazing feeling you know yeah no and uh, another segue i guess going back to not to keep you know everything in the past but i feel like it's pretty uh interesting because i don't run into a lot of people that and and it's uh, there's not a lot of people that can be away <laughs> from society like unless you're stranded on an island you know what i mean uh, a lot of you like so you did you miss the birth of smartphones? Not to like make it so simple. I just it's a curious thing that you know that I like to ask people that I've met. Um yeah yeah because I, mean, I obviously I got, there was I cell went to phones. prison in yeah. two thousand and two, mm-hmm. and um yeah we still had button phones. You know yeah, I remember the Nokia the fucking you were the Nokia the, the, Nokia, Nokia, the BlackBerry yeah. Yeah. Oh. green screens <laughs> the ra- the Razor yeah. phone like you were the shit if you had the Razor no, there was the no yeah, there was no touch screen none of that you know what I mean so. Yeah, I missed all that, bro. What What is one thing that you uh definitely like wish you had when you were in prison? Like, what was the one thing? Even if it was a small thing, what was what, something that like, you reminisced on? Like, fuck, I wish I could have you know some X whatever. I mean, um, or was it just everything in general? You know, like it was just you know when you go to prison, bro, they take everything away from mm-hmm. you. Your socks, your underwear, your dignity, everything. And they teach you that everything after that is a privilege. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To have clothes, to have anything, food, all that is a privilege. So you learn how to be grateful. You know what I'm saying? In different ways. So I feel like everything happens for a reason. I feel like God put me through that. You know, they say God gives and God takes away. And in my case, the only way I was going to get to where I'm at today was I had to go through a journey. I had to suffer. I had to live in ignorance. You know what I'm saying? I had to I had to uh, suffer, bro, and, and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. You know what I mean? But that's what it takes, you know, to reach a point of where you feel like you finally fulfilling your purpose, that you found purpose in your life. You know what I mean? 
So, I mean, I just, I feel like everything I had and everything I didn't have mm. was what I was supposed to have. Right. You mm. know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. Yeah. And not, not a lot of people look at life that way, and which is unfortunate, you know, being not grateful for things that you have. Even even if it's like a almost a cliche to say, you know, you have a roof over your head, you know, you're better off than most people. Right. And, uh, you know, you don't have to fear of, you know, <coughs> a missile landing on you while you're walking to the store, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's a luxury that here in America we have that I try to push to people, not as in like a, you know, like it's a cult. You need to do what, as I say, mm-hmm. but you just be grateful, you know, cause I grew up uh, half of my life. Well, the first eight years of my life were in Mexico. So it was a little small town. The closest city is maybe 40 minutes away. That's the closest fire department and police. Wow. So little stuff like that, you know, people take for granted running water, you know, uh, stuff like that. And it's, uh, and it's such a shame cause, <laughs> cause then, you, you know, you, you fall into the trap yourself too. Like today, I went to Starbucks, right, and um, and they gave me the wrong size coffee, and I didn't complain or bitch or anything. But deep down, I was like, "Oh man, like, that's not what I wanted," you know. Right. And then I always and I always try to like obviously like kind of like have that subconscious of like slapping myself of like, "Come on, man, this worst like, shit that positive, can happen." Like, no yeah, what. there's, there's you got way something. worse shit that can happen to you, you know. Like, like bro, like, you got Starbucks. Yeah, Come like, on. you know what I mean. Like, and it's like it, it, it's it's a shame when you see people that are, you know, not being grateful in a way i'm not saying they have to go and kiss you know a, a cop on the street mm-hmm. but you know they have to just show a little more you know gratitude gratitude yeah that's what i was just yeah. gonna say like jumping off that it's like when it's like such a culture like nowadays yeah. you know especially like you know around the holidays oh, you yeah. know you get to thanksgiving particularly you know it's a day that everyone comes around to be grateful for their, their family and everything mm-hmm. and then you know like, right after dinner, you know, you're going into the stores on Black Friday, like, fucking fighting somebody over, like, uh, material that, shit. Oh, over that piece of shit that we got in the back. Over Whipping there. ass over some TV or a game system. Right. Uh, yeah. And, like, after you were just talking about how grateful you right. were for everything, the very next minute, you're fucking, like, yeah. fist fighting somebody over a fucking game system. Yeah, nah. And, you know, it's it's crazy that, like, people don't see it like how you're saying, like, being grateful for what yeah. they have, you know? It's like everything's just about material shit or money shit. All this, all, it's always that been that way. Like in in recent years, it's just spiked like crazy, you know. Yeah. And it's just it's just crazy when you think about it. Like yeah, like damn, like people are over here fighting that they don't have like the right Christmas present they wanted. Right. When there's kids over here that aren't even getting shit for Christmas, you know. Mm. Right. It's just you know the thing with that is that you know people in general, including myself, you know, as humans that fight that struggle between flesh and spirit. You know what I'm saying? What am I doing to feed the spirit and what am I doing to feed the flesh? You know what I mean? Mm. So a lot of times people think and act according to what feeds the flesh. What are people going to say about me? What are they going to think about me? You know what I'm saying? I have to act according to how other people are. Mm. But when I when I act according to the spirit, though, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, a, a righteous-led spirit that has everybody's uh, best interest at heart you know what i'm saying then the decisions you make contribute to everybody's well-being even if you got to make some sacrifices even if you have to humble yourself you know what i mean mm-hmm. mm. but That's you deep. can't you can't reach that point until you learn how to be grateful yourself though you know for all things you know when i was in prison you know they don't discriminate bro there was guys in there who were blind there was guys in there with no legs, no arms, Definitely. you know, deaf, everything. You know what I'm saying? So they don't discriminate. You know, you do something, you go into prison. So I was grateful, even in prison, right. that I didn't have to go through that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So I was having a bad day one day. And, you know, when you're having a bad day, everything is pessimistic to you. Everything oh, yeah. is just, you know. Everything from the sun being out. So my boy, he noticed it, and he's like, man, what's up with you, bro? Let's let's hit the track, you know. Let's let's right. walk and talk. So I uh, so we started getting out there, and I'm venting to him. Yeah, bro, this, this, that, and the other, you know what I mean? And then um, I stopped and dawned on the day. Like, it was a beautiful day, bro. Like, the sun was out, clear blue skies birds everywhere and and i look over and i see this dude man he he he, uh this guy got two sticks for legs two rods he ain't got no legs he got two rods for legs and he over there doing push-ups and crunches and he just living his life you know what i'm saying in prison and just you know just still continuing on moving forward not letting nothing stop him and i'm like man i looked at myself and was like man what is you mad about bro you know what I'm saying? Like, stop playing. And I immediately had to learn how to transition that pessimistic thinking to positive, you know, optimistic thinking. You know what I mean? But it all started with gratitude. Right. You know, instantly when I seen him, I was so gl- glad that I got my legs. Mm-hmm. I was so grateful for my life. Thank God that I had legs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's going back to the thing, you know, of being grateful. It's like it's, it's a hard mentality to get into where. You, you have to, because, you know, it's like a slippery loop of, like, going down a hill when a bad thought enters your head. And that's how I'm sure a lot of people, you know, have uh, mental issues in the country, especially now with this whole pandemic and stuff going on. It, it's hard to, you know, stop that roll down the hill when you're going negative thought after negative thought. And and it's little things like that that, that it at least helps me, you know, like, even if I'm drinking some water, you know, like, fuck, I at least got water, even as silly as it might seem. It's something to be grateful for, you know. Like fuck, I got a house, you know. I got a fridge with food in it, mm-hmm. and then and there'd be times that you know I go to the fridge and I'm like, man, I ain't got nothing to eat. Fucking half of the fridge is full and shit, just because I'm picky as yeah. hell on what I want to eat. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> you ain't got That's what you want. Life. Yeah, like I ain't got no McDonald's. I got beans. Oh, but I got fucking beans, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's tough. It's, it's tough to teach that to people because you can't. You know, people have to teach that to themselves. At least, you know, I think. I think yeah. one thing that, like, really humbled me in that aspect is, you know, I don't remember it too much, but, you know, when I was little, we used to go to Mexicali all the time. And, you know, down there, you know, they're living in, like, a freaking, like, house that they just made, like, with freaking, like, tin and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, like, they didn't have running water. Like, to take a shower, they'd have to, like, heat up, like, a big tub of water and shit so that they can, like, and splash it on themselves while they're taking a shower. And yeah. as a kid, you know... I didn't think too much on it, but I remember going back um, when I was in, I was actually just graduated from high school. We had gone down there around New Year's time. And I remember like, damn, like they just got running water and it's like amazing to them. You know, they just got like, you know, this indoor bathroom and all this shit. And, you know, it makes me start thinking, you know, like I grew up with this shit and just see it as like something normal. These people like, you know, just got it like a a couple of years ago and this is like freaking amazing to them. You know, and even like their road, like they're happy with the road that they just oh, like right. made it an asphalt road. And I'm over here like, man, I get pissed off when there's a fucking dip in the road over yeah, here. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as silly as that may seem, the, the potholes. Uh, well, before I left the town that I'm from, I'm from Maravatio del Encinal, which a lot of people from around here are from, actually. Before I left when I was eight, so like 2003, around that period, that's when they were modernizing the roads. So most of the roads in that little town were just dirt. 
you know, or gravel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when they made it, you know, an actual pavement, and it's like, oh, you can ride a bike without busting your ass every five minutes. <laughs> you know, like, and then I and and then now I'm 26 and I'm bitching about potholes. You know right. what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I, like I didn't grow up in fucking, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, no, no car with a bike and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up like little house on the prairie. Yeah, that's how I went to San Luis Potosi, man, when I was younger, and I that was the first time I. My family surprised me. They said they were taking me to meet my grandparents, and that was the first time I had ever really met my father. I was like 11, 12 years old. And, um, like, before I went, bro, I was I thought I was going to die of hunger and all this shit because I was always taught that it, Mexico was poor yeah. and this, that, and the other. I'm like, oh, my God. Man, I swear, bro, I went to Mexico, and it was one of the most beautiful, richest place. And I'm not talking about rich as far as wealth, but the love, mm-hmm. the love that people have there, the richness of their love, you know, and hospitality. You know what I'm saying? How they right. say people son gente de corazón, you know, people yep. of the heart, man. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. even though they don't got much, no matter what they got, they're willing to break bread with you. Even if it's a can of beans, you know, entra, entra, vente, come. You know right. what I mean? And it was just like, it was a hell of an experience, bro. Um, you know, they didn't have the best of nothing, but they made the best of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and they lived off the land, bro. Like mm-hmm. everything we ate, I swear, we killed it first. It was a goat, right. a chicken, a, right. a cow, or whatever it was. It was like, I, I literally watched my grandfather, you know what I'm saying, kill all the animals and then, you know, from the beginning to end, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. I thought my grandfather was a savage. Right. <laughs> you like, know, but uh, we my, ate it. Oh, yeah. That like was, my great-grandpa. Um, my mom told me stories about my great-grandpa. And, you know, this was, like, way back in the day. Like, they didn't have, like, money for anything. And my gra- my great-grandma would be telling him, like, no, how are we going to feed the kids? And, you know, this is a man that he grew up, like, literally living off the land and he's like oh la, la tierra va, nos va a dar and he's always said like the land is gonna feed mm-hmm. us and, like the next day like freaking like crack of dawn he's out there with a freaking machete he has a freaking like sack over his shoulder he's walking through like the fields and shit he would have come back with all sorts of like vegetables that he found mm-hmm. like freaking like flowers that were edible a freaking rabbit that he found he fucking killed and skinned it already right. and you know like that's like you know, like, and like I said, like, like you were saying, like, they got nothing, but they're making the best of it, you know, and they're bringing oh, yeah. up here all this, like, wild game, wild shit, and they're making, like, the best food that they can out of it. And, you know, we over here, you know, we're like, oh, we ain't got money, but, you know, right. we got a credit card and we're about to go to the grocery store. That's, right. that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't but get they, didn't, they, didn't have, they didn't have the worries we right. worry. Right. Oh, yeah. We get a new car. We got to get new locks. We got to get security. We got to get cameras. You know, out there, even though they, but they don't worry. They're very right. humble. They're very, you know, chill people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. At least then it was. I don't know. They might be turned up now. <laughs> <laughs> they got the security cameras more down in Mexico <laughs> than we do up here, bro. Yeah. I mean, my, yeah. my, my family over down in Mexicali, you know, they still don't have the most. And I still remember recently when I went, you know, the the first thing that they did is like, oh, we're going to eat. You know, they're giving me like these, a bowl of beans. They're like mostly water and shit like a tiny like little portion of rice they're making like homemade tortillas and like they're like really thin and shit and i'm just like and, you know i ate it and i still felt like it was like the most amazing food ever because you know mm-hmm. like right. like you were saying like the love that you feel with them like the connection with it is just amazing you know yeah. mm-hmm. 
And then just to add a little bit on, like, you I know, came home fat as hell. I put on <laughs> weight. I put on weight in Mexico. I came back fat as hell. I was like, yeah, that, that was the last thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, like, like I was going to say, being going back to, like, the being picky about, like, you know, you said you were going to starve and shit going mm-hmm. on. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, like every now and then, my girlfriend, uh, we... You know, we were like, can't decide. Like any, I'm sure a lot of fucking couples can't. Go, you know, where to go eat? You're like, where you want to go, babe? I don't know. You tell me. And then we're fucking back and forth. Oh like, forever my god! <laughs> like, Story like, of my life. Like, like we ain't about to just go to the five fucking same restaurants we always go to and shit. <laughs> and then so like she'd be telling me like, oh, you're gonna eat that and shit. And I tell, and I'd be like, constantly, you know, going back to like being a little bit grateful and shit. I'd be telling her, like, man, when I was a kid, I used to fucking rip the carrots out of the ground with fucking dirt and shit. And just, you know, just fucking wash it off a little bit with your hands and you'd fucking bite into the carrot, you know, and that shit was a snack for the day. And, it's like, and then she's telling me if I'm not going to eat this because it's, you know, we got ranch instead of no ranch. You're like, come on. Man. Man. Like, come on. Hey, bro. Come on. <laughs> you think I'm fat. I'm going to eat everything I see. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get like this by accident. I didn't trip and fall into fat. You know? <laughs> Why are we on the subject of. You know, eating and being fat. <laughs> he was eyeing that thing. He's been eyeing that every week. If you guys aren't familiar with the show, we technically try to have. Well, the past couple of weeks, we've been doing it, and I figured it was only tradition. We do it today, and I bought the snacks today, and Gancito. it's the gancitos for the Mexican snacks that uh, we usually have. Once you know, um, this is a filled snack cake. I've had the pleasure of having these, you know, um, a couple times growing up. I always forget about them because I try to go for something else or, you know, I'll go get some actual, like, hostess cupcake, something different. But, you know, I always be forgetting about these. And today I've seen these and I'm like, you know what? I got to bring these to the show. So today I brought these and I brought everyone, one for everyone. And I don't know if you guys had the pleasure of having these Bro, growing up or my whole, my whole childhood. <laughs> you know, he's like, hurry. He's like, don't you hurry up. Give me one. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Well, we ain't got everyone already had one. Then we ain't got a, you know, we don't got no new tryers last week we had someone who didn't you know well i don't think mario's ever had one no thanks okay as as have you had one mario as someone who is not mexican but has grown up with many in my childhood and knowing like parents that my parents have gotten to be friends with Mm -hmm. these are probably the ones i've had the most Oh, okay. I'm giving Brian one, so can nobody say I forgot him? (laughs) We gotta, we gotta make sure we get Brian on there. Brian's always the first one. Like, wait, where's mine, bitches? Now, now I remember, my mom was giving some of these for Christmas from a coworker, and I was was like, oh, damn. Yeah, Yeah, I just realized my dad took a fucking whole two pack, bro. He did. Yeah. <laughs> <God> damn, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I said I was like, "What? Well, you could take one, you know." And he was like, "I'll oh, take one." Yeah. They always break in like one or two. These bitches used to be man. It's definitely different compared to a Twinkie. Like mm-hmm. it's comparable, but not really comparable. Mm-hmm. You got sprinkles. It's a chocolate coating over somewhat similar I like to a zingers. Twinkie. You like zingers? Yeah, zingers, cool. yes. zingers are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the but guy the, here that grew up with the Twinkies, but. Mm. The, I mean, yeah, they're still just as good. Mm-hmm. I would probably take Very this good. over. I would take this over a Twinkie any day, bro. Mm-hmm. I would too. Depends on what I'm craving. Mm-hmm. I am a professional mm-hmm. fat man. You know, for a minute they had quit selling Same. Twinkies. Yeah, remember people started horning them bitches, mm-hmm. <laughs> bro. <laughs> when the when they stopped making Twinkies, like the world was in an uproar. Like, bro, like you do not get rid of those motherfuckers. Not only that, man. Like the resale on them, they were trying to put on. At eBay, they're like four hundred dollars for a thing of Twinkies, like 
Five hundred dollars for the people last make thing. Their money, I'll tell you that. Man, that's oh crazy. hell yeah! People, people were making bank off of those bitches, just like the PS fives. I actually remember that time. I, was, I remember. Do you remember seeing them on? They were on eBay. What Twinkies? For real? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was I saying. Remember that, I remember that. I remember that. Three, four hundred dollars. I'm like, man, they didn't even go out of stock yet before they brought brought them back. Like you guys, I was tripping I was nothing. in prison when they did that shit, and I was like, hell no, because you know that's where we eat chips, cakes, and snacks, and yep. commissary food. You know what I mean? Right. And one of my favorites was Twinkies, dog. I said, hell no. <laughs> Oh. You know yeah, what I was in prison right, for too was the 2003 blackout. Remember oh. the blackout? Oh, yeah. oh man! I was in the hole. I was in prison. I was in the hole in prison, Ooh, bro. I thought Damn. for a minute you you were gonna say you caught the blackout. I was like, well, no, oh, oh, shit. Oh, oh, no. was, oh, it was me. I me and my so boys. he's the one that went over there and just shut the power. Just said, "Fuck all of y'all. Y'all ain't getting power." Yeah, we went out east to do it. That was my man Talati from the hole. Said, "All right, you ain't getting me invited." That shit was rough. That's how I got you out though with you. So uh, hold on, let me ask you. During that blackout, how fucking scary was it in the in the prison? I was in the hole, man. I had just got into a fight a week oh, prior to that. Oh, well, I was yeah, in no. So not man. only am I just in prison, but I'm in the hole. You're in the prison of prison. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <so>. Oh yeah. <laughs> And uh, that shit sucked, man, because they would only bring you, like, a cup of water and, mm-hmm. you know, and we only had, like, sandwiches, you know what I mean? Like, no hot meals or right. nothing. Mm-mm-mm. So, you know, it was rough, dog, but, you know, you, you'll be surprised what you can do when you ain't got no choice. Right. You know, but it's like, damn. <coughs> Jesus. What was the uh, worst thing about being in prison for that long? Besides, obviously, losing, you know. Fuck, man. Uh, being told what life. to do, bro. Being told what to being do. Being told what to oh, do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they teach you accountability. You know what I'm saying? They hold your ass accountable. You know, you have to get tired of people telling you what to do. That's how you learn growth. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll get tired of the shit one day, and sometimes you get tired of your own shit one day. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, I just got tired of it. I'm like, damn, <coughs> I got to learn how to think for myself, you know, without mm-hmm. people having to be on my ass, you know? You know, when you give up your freedom, bro, that's the worst feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. I wasn't acknowledged as Eladio Nino. I was number 407555, report to the desk. Damn, bro. You ain't even acknowledged as a person. You're a you know number. What I'm saying? Yeah. Object. Just, number. just something. Yeah, I yeah, just dehuman dehuman uh how do you say it? Dehumanized. <laughs> Dehumanizes you, yeah. you know? And uh and I never want to give up my freedom, bro. Again. Mm-hmm. You know? I voted for the first time when I came home, you know, for the first time ever in my life. And, you know, that was because laws had changed. Right. Excuse me, allowing felons to vote. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is not across the board, from my understanding, like across like different it's states and shit. Not, at all. not yet, no. right? No. Yeah. No. But what was the uh, first? What was the election, if I may ask? Oh, the presidential. Presidential election. was twenty sixteen or nineteen. Oh yeah, nineteen for twenty. Okay, the yep, new, yep, the, yep, new yep. the latest one. Then. Yeah, that's when I got home. Two thousand nineteen. Damn. So, so, so you, you were in jail when this whole Trump shit was going on, huh? Like um, when he was before he was elected. Yeah. Like that yeah, whole climate well, change. Of fucking, yeah, yeah. All that, yo. Yeah, so you you just missed out on like on all, like all kinds of like events and shit. You know? Well, well I mean, prison yeah, is a world of its own. Years, right, that's it has its own. You got a lot of officers, right. or they're all for him. You got yeah. prisoners, yeah. other convicts who are 
you know, for him as well. Right. You know, you got some, you walk by, you see who's who because guys are watching CNN over here mm, and then I guys watch. are watching Fox News over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's just funny because, you know, everybody's disputing and debating and, you know, everybody's a politician. Because, yeah. Everybody knows the fucking answer in three sentences. Yeah. <laughs> and that's who's going to be the next president. Well, I mean, like, you when, when you're there, you know, like, a, a lot of times, like, you know, people just, like, read, like, Madison in there. You know, I know my grandpa, for one, you know, when he would be locked up, like, that Allegedly. motherfucker would just be reading every fucking thing he can get his hands on. You know, he would be helping my mom with her homework and shit, you know, and he would get out. And, like, so mm-hmm. he he, like, freaking had, like, the best mind, and it was like mostly from prison, like reading all these kinds of books that he can get his hands on, because he said, you know, you got nothing more to do, so you just sit down and just like find like something to occupy your time. And for him, a lot of times it was a book. Yeah, yeah, shit. I know a lot of guys that were very studious and read a lot of books, but it's about the kind of books you read. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even they're reading Spy Kids. And- <laughs> you know, I know people. Lord of the Rings. I knew people who oh, read yeah. a lot Little of books. Little books with a hundred pages. <laughs> <or 50. laughs> 50 pages, you, you know he You got guys reading The Art of War, The Art right. of... Uh, Books like uh, that. Uh, what is it called? Uh, shit, The Art of Everything, you know right, what I'm right. saying? And uh, then they come out there playing mind games and shit with you. Like, bro, stop playing. I read the same book, dog. I know. We're, <laughs> we're in the same section, motherfucker. Yeah. It's just funny, dog. Uh, then you, they find out they'll be all fucked up. Like, oh, man. Then they start telling you about the ending and shit. And you're like, yeah. And, and trying then, to rent some sociology And then you got guys reading so many movie. books. Every opinion that they have about anything comes from another author. Well, I once read a book that said this. I want to know what the hell you think and what you right, feel. Right. What they you become so right. common sense uh, stupid to the point where, you know, all their all their knowledge comes from a book. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I literally posted a, a video on my story earlier today that literally tackles just that of most people get it wrong on why they go to college. And, and most people think, oh, you go to college because they teach you what to think. I don't know. You, you have to teach yourself how to know how to think. And that's different mm-hmm. than to know, you know, what them telling you what to think. Then you learning to think. Mm. That's completely different. You got to learn how to write, not copy or like read, you know, requote some fucking source mm-hmm. that you heard. Well, yeah. somebody else said this, so it must be. No, you got to learn to write your own thoughts yep. and make your own conclusions. That's why you go to college, mm-hmm. not to just fucking swing by and get an A. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. honestly one of the reasons that I love... I'm oh, sorry not to cut no, you off. Ahead, ahead. But that's one of the reasons I love reading, like, different thesis papers from, mm-hmm. like, grad students. Because, you know, like, they... It's not just, like, information that they find that they're, just, that they're just jotting down. Like, no, they have to explain it in a way that makes sense. And you can see, like, their own style in there. Like, there was one that I particularly loved because I've always really been into, like, the main, like how, like... The samurai used to make their their swords and stuff. Mm-hmm. I used to find that shit amazing. So I remember finding a thesis paper that a grad student had written, and it was called "The Art of the Japanese Sword." And like he like explained everything, just like the way like he explained it is the way I know it now, you know, and the way I did a presentation on it from it, from that as well. Just because you know the way he would articulate it is completely different from any other way I've ever read it, and you know that was just amazing. So that's why I love reading like all those thesis mm-hmm. papers because you know. You see, like, the that one student's, like, own perspective of it, you know, and that's just something that you that's kind of hard to find these days. There's a book <clears throat> that I advise you guys to read. If you only read it once in your life, it's going to make a difference. I've read it, like, ten times, maybe twelve times. It's a small book. It's not big. It's called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. It is a very powerful book, 
And that's what I love about life skill books because it teaches you about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's no angle to it. You know, it teaches you about yourself, self-consciousness, self-awareness, you know, all that type of stuff. And a lot of people fail to realize how powerful they are. You know what I'm saying? And how much power they have to change their situation and circumstances just by changing the way they think. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what you allow into your life, even including people, you know, because people bring baggage into your life. Right. You know what I mean? And then their baggage becomes your baggage, you know? So now you have to create mental space for that, you know? What was the uh, name of the book? As a Man Thinketh. Oh. <laughs> what to think book <laughs> <What> puts <laughs> as, <laughs> as a man? Yeah, yeah. As a man, By you James need to think of right the title. There, the first one right there, yeah. Uh, let me show the... you know what I'm saying but it's all about you you know and that's how everything around me started to make sense when I once I got to know myself and learn how I operated and where my place was on this earth then everything around me started to make sense you know what I'm saying the whole process of life humanity mm-hmm. purpose intention all that stuff bro what was the hardest thing you think you had to teach yourself like for me right now I would have to say well, not right now, but, you know, the past couple of years growing up, I would have to say it's like um, structure, somewhat structure, like um, self-discipline, self-discipline and like not slack and knowing you have to get up and, you know, go to work and do it every day. Even if you're tired or if you partied or whatever, you still got to do it, you know, like um, what was the hardest that you would say that you had to work on as yourself possibly reading that book or from being institutionalized like like you said being told what to do like like something you just hated and regretted like it's gonna take me a long time to do it but when it came to it like what would you say is the hardest like i mean bro i went from a residential jungle to a concrete jungle you know what i'm saying i was a product of my environment bro i grew up around gangs drugs so since i was a child bro my mind had already been programmed Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i wasn't taught right from wrong i was taught the way things were you know what i'm saying so i just followed suit you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I knew one of these days. I, I didn't want to be a police officer, or a fireman, or a lawyer, or a doctor, or none. I wanted to be a gang member. I wanted to be a drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to follow suit with the rest of my people. You know, mm-hmm. and you know. So then, when I land in prison, I had went through the juvenile system, all that type of shit, bro. Right. You know, and then you know, eventually, I ended up in prison, and um. You know, for the for the first 12 years, bro, you know, I, I, I had to live like a savage. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you go to prison, bro. It's, you know, it's every man for himself at the end of the day, bro. It's right. all about nobody cares who you shot, who you killed, what gang you are, how much money you had, how much dope. Nobody cares. You got people from everywhere 
You know what I'm saying? No, no more costumes, no more chains and glasses and cars and money and trucks and all that. It's all about you, who you are as a man. And the only thing that matters is your words and your actions. You know, and people size you up every day. When you live in an environment like that, people are sizing up your mentality, your physical growth, your everything. You know what I mean? Your spiritual growth, all that shit. It's a world of its own, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But everything is about dominance. When I first went to prison, everything was about dominance. It was about numbers. It was about blood. That's what they res that's what they respected, bloodshed. You know what I'm saying? That's the only thing everybody comprehended. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in order to not... To not be a victim, you know what I'm saying? You had to you had to be ready to go mm -hmm. in every way, in shape and form. Right. And then I started I started outgrowing prison. I started outgrowing the environment. I started outgrowing, you know, the the conversations, the code of ethics. I started feeling more like a slave. You know what I'm saying? To these codes of ethics, to this misguided loyalty, to the flag. I couldn't grow. I couldn't accomplish what I want to accomplish for myself because I was tied down to the flag, to the gang. I got to do what's in the best interest of the, of the family. You know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and you know, the prison ethics and, and all that. And I just, I all this life I've been a servant. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know how to take care of myself. I've been raised to take care of others. You know what I mean? But I knew that that path was only going to lead me to more self-destruction. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to hurt my family no more. I didn't want to disappoint them, and I didn't want to continue to suffer. Right. And then I realized that I was the cause of my own suffering because of the choices that I was making. Mm. You know? So once I started making transitions, the first thing I did was I went to the homies on the yard, and I called home. And, and, and told the brothers I had to retire my flag because I'm on a whole nother mission. I can no longer be tied to the rules of engagement anymore. I got to be able to make independent decisions that are going to help me grow, help me move forward, help me make better decisions. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they respected that. You know what I'm saying? And then I just started... Um, you know, watching who, I, you know, in there, you don't have the privilege of of inviting people and having people in and out of your life. You you got to deal with whatever your environment, whoever they put next to you it could be your bunkie, your neighbor, whoever it is. So I had to learn how to start putting myself in a positive position. So I started facilitating classes, self self help classes, parenting, anger management, communication, all that type of stuff. First I took the classes, I learned them well, started facilitating them to the population. It kept me busy, it kept me productive, you know what I'm saying? And I was reproducing intelligence. I was reproducing life skills. Mm. And so many brothers in there had so much love and respect for me. They would sign up for the classes, mm. you know what I'm saying, and leave out of there feeling so grateful. You know what I mean? Mm. And, um, you know, so my life had just unfolded from there. And I just, like I said, the more I got to know myself, the more everything started to make sense to me, bro. You know what I'm saying? I reached a point where I wanted to right my wrongs. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was responsible for taking somebody's life. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and, you know, once I got past, you know, the, the, the being ignorant, you know, to the facts, the codes of the streets and all Self that shit, kill for, you know, eye for an eye, two for a tooth, all that shit. You know what I mean? And started seeing life, you know, through, through humanitarian eyes, you know what I'm saying? Where, you know, I seen my own flaws, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, just seeing that, you know, I had a higher purpose and that I was going through this um, for a reason. And would you say that was the hardest part? Like one of the hardest things you have to transition to is self-growth 
and you yes. know positive thinking no matter what you know situation mm-hmm. this year and you know because I, I definitely would see that because yeah. that means that everything my mother taught me was wrong everything that i learned from my aunts uncles and cousins that was all wrong i had to be you know honest with myself and face that truth like a reset almost. and then face the truth that i made a lot of bad decisions you know what i'm saying so you got to be brutally honest with yourself you got to break yourself down and you got to get to the root of problems which means i had to go all the way back to childhood the first time I had sex, you know, the, I, I've seen people having sex. The first time I was sexually abused. The first time I seen domestic violence. The first time I seen drugs. The first time I seen gangs. The first time I seen guns. All, all this type of shit, you know what I'm saying? By the time I was 10, 12 years old, I had seen all this shit. You know what I mean? So, yeah, program me and to follow suit, you know? And and like I said, I went from a residential jungle to a concrete jungle, bro. So it was no different. The only thing is, you know, there was more gangs and there was more killers and there was more violence, you know? Mm-hmm. It's almost like you, you kept the same circle of where you came from. You know, cause you, you're comparing it to a jungle to where you, you're still in the same sort of environment, just that someone has an eye over your shoulder legally, you know? like, And, it, and it's tough. I was going to jump off of what he asked. But I feel like that's probably answering my question of what was, you know, the the thank you. I was going to say, um, like, the life skill that you might have learned that you're grateful for, even if it's, like, you know, welding or whatever it is. But I think that that, that hits the, you know, nail in the head. It's learning that that almost, like, that's not, I don't know how to say it. Critical thinking. That, that critical thinking of you being able to recognize that. It might have been product of your environment, but at the end of the day, you can be still you. You know, so you don't have gross. to. It doesn't mean that that no matter the circumstance of how you got there or why you're there, any given person can literally recognize that. Oh shit, I, I, I'm not who I'm supposed to be. You know, I'm, I'm I'm this image of other people are making out of me, and I don't know who I am because you never had the time to. You know. Really, really know who you out. are, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's that's a thing that I guess you know. That's this deep. this was one of the things that I began with. I said, if I continue to wake up in prison, and and I'm going to continue to conduct myself like a prisoner, those are the results that I'm going to get. But if I wake up like a student and look at my environment as if I'm in school, then I'm going to learn something. Mm. And that's how I was able to change my transition, you know what I'm saying, was just by my perspective. That's deep. I said, I'm no longer a slave to this. You know what I'm saying? I got to break ties with this, you know, prisoner mentality, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and get back to cultivating, you know what I'm saying, the studious, respectful, uh, you know, humanitarian that I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And not only do that with myself, but once I got myself to, together, it was my duty to start to reproduce it. And that was to educate people about themselves and the power that they possess. Because so many of us are products of our, of our environment. So many of us feel like we don't have any options. And we do. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, if you don't got shit, it's because you don't want shit, bro. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, life, life is never going to hand you a fucking basket. Even if... It looks like certain people, you know, fucking win the lottery, have a one-hit wonder, you know, whatever the reason people is. People have whatever, they, they're better off, but honestly, every, you don't know what that people, that Everything has its drawbacks, that, it and life, I feel like it's always going to balance itself. You do shitty things, and you think you're going to get away with it, 
it's going to come right back around right. to you getting the shitty end of the stick, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're doing good things all your life, sometimes good, you know, bad things happen to good people. But you, it should be no excuse of like, oh, you know, if life sucks, I'm just going to fucking be a shitty person. Well, no. Like, if all, if 100 people are, you know, just going out about their life and 99 are, you know, good people, that one person is not going to make it or break it, you know. Everyone might run into that person, but... Mm-hmm. If if you love yourself and you love others, you know, that's going to eliminate a lot of hate. Like Bruce Lee says, be like water. You have to be fluid. Fluid, yeah. And you have to be able to shape and form to any and every situation, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about some of the hardest correctional officers, some of the hardest warrant, wardens, you know, some of the just, you know, hard-ass sticklers for the rules and policies and procedures. On your ass, tearing my cell up, doing shit. But you know what? They taught me something, bro. You know what I'm saying? They weren't just assholes. They were there to teach me tolerance, understanding, accountability. You know what I mean? Like, I utilized every experience. Nothing was trash. Everything was with purpose. Mm. And I want to jump off of that. Something you actually said off air where you said we all have knowledge through our experiences. So, you know, you absolutely. And so the way you're describing that, like, yeah, like I this was a shitty situation, but this is what it taught me. And this is this is why I'm glad I went through it. And then and then look at the conversations I get to have with brothers like you guys. You know what I'm saying? You know, sharing my story. You know, look at the Bible. The Bible is full of stories that other people told who had encounters with Jesus, with God, with life, with whether it was through killing or or was it it was suffering or, you know, whatever it may have been. The situation, somebody was there to tell the story. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We are all books. I said, man, you got people in there could tell you more about somebody else's life than their own. And that's sad and that's unfortunate because we are books with many chapters and layers. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, get to know yourself. Yeah. And, that, and that's one thing that I that I like in, in talking to you right now. I'm just like, that's what I'm like, like loving about you. You know, like, yeah, like you went through this like terrible experience. But like you're saying like how it made you grow, not just like being down about like the situation you went through. Like, no, this is what it taught me. This is what like it made me into, you know. So that's one thing that I think is like pretty amazing about you, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, yeah. that, man. Because everybody don't come home like this, bro. Yeah. You know, I came home. My brother, you know, we was on the same murder case. We came home together. We came home six months apart, bro. And, um, you know, they just killed him last month. You know what I mean? You know, I went I went a righteous route. You know what I'm saying? He went back to the streets. And, you know, and you know, you live by it, you die by it, bro. And they, and they just murdered him. You know what I mean? And, um... And then our other partner, he's doing natural life plus 100 years in prison, you know, free my brother Mike Banks, you know. But I look at that situation, I'm like, damn, one of my brothers doing life in prison, the other one just got home and got killed, and then there's me. I got to be doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a purpose, right? I can't take that for granted. I could have been doing life, too, in prison. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. And if and if I didn't hadn't grown the way I grown, I could have been with him and got killed too. You know? Mm-hmm. Sorry about your loss. That, that's a that is a terrible uh, thing to yeah. go through. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. And, and it and it's like anything. So like you know, like especially if it hits so close to home, Eladio, uh, where you know that that event of you know your your loved one that could have triggered you. You know, like that could have been a switch. You could have just as easily you know gone back into the fucking street. 
and you know either we find who did it or you know so many especially when obvious. you're surrounded with enablers right right, right. everybody so, wants revenge you know right, right so man? so and that and that's that even speaks more to like the, the the one of the reasons why i admire you and like i highly respect you on anything you do because it doesn't matter you know if you fucking take a, a loss here and there you still keep you know like a fucking train you keep plowing through it you keep plowing through life absolutely that positivity bro. And it's something that needs to be really should be showcased, especially when, you know, right now in the country we're so fucking divided and and everyone's off for themselves and you know it's all about fucking me and and no one else around me and you know fucking people uh, over over like stupid shit you know over like a uh, hundred bucks, you know there's friendships that you can lose for a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's Absolutely, like, that, that, that's Bus. what your life is. You know that's what your friendship is worth. You know, and it's like it, it's ridiculous when you have you know somebody like you that. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you never know what someone's going through. It's all about talking and, you know, all experiencing life together in the best way possible. It's just having a good, solid value system, bro. Mm-hmm. A good moral system. Something that is righteous. Something that contributes to your well-being and the well-being of those around you, bro. You know what I'm saying? But realistically, bro, you know, everybody's not a good person, you know? Yeah. And sometimes good people do bad things, you know? I mean, it's just... It's not about them because the last thing you can do is control people. You know what I mean? People easily, eye for eye, tooth for a tooth. Mm-hmm. They treat me like this. I'm treating them like, I can't treat you like that because it's not how I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not an asshole. I'm not a prick. I'm not disrespectful. I'm not a right. dickhead. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, anybody that I encounter with, you know what I'm saying, in any form, bro, I always want somebody to feel good about themselves. You know what I'm saying? And other people, they would rather tear you down. They'll rather, you know what I'm saying, find flaws in you or your situation. Use you you and manipulate you. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And and that's one thing that's, like, really a really bad thing about the world. Like, as soon as, like, they know, like, one weak spot of you, like, they just want to use that. They just want to take everything they can out of you. And that's just not right. You know, like, there's one thing, like, if you need help and somebody offers it. But then when you're just, like, constantly, constantly just taking advantage of that person or that kind person, you know... What, like you got to look at yourself at that point like why are you just using them like that you know listen bro i went through a thing in prison bro i've always been a good person i've always took my shirt off my back not just for my friends i'm talking about for people in general bro if i seen you in need if i seen you hurting if i seen you suffering i'm coming to help you you know what i'm saying if i can and In the end, I always, always, always ended up with the short end of the stick, bro. You know what I'm saying? I always got fucked over. You know what I mean? And when I went to prison, I went with the same heart trying to help everybody, you know. And, you know, I tell people, use me, but don't abuse me. I'm a source of power. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you need, if I can, I will. But then people don't even have the sense to even say thank you anymore. You know what I'm saying? And then that's when I went through a transition where I should never feel bad about doing something good. Yeah. So for like three years, I, I had to learn how to mm-hmm. say no. You know what I'm saying? And it felt good. Yeah. I felt powerful. You know what I mean? When oh, I was yeah. like, no, I ain't got nothing for you. Nope, I ain't got it. Because I started to accumulate more for me. Yeah. But it changed my whole attitude. And after about three years, it started to wear on me because it's not who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely a good person. I don't even like to eat by myself, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I always feel better breaking bread with somebody. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? And I, I had resented my own heart. That's why I went down that road because I resented myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, why? Why am I doing something good? Why do I feel so bad about helping others? Mm-hmm. And it's because people just won't appreciate you, bro. They just take from you. You know what I'm saying? And then once I had enough discipline and I knew how to separate, you know what I'm saying, myself and, and draw some boundaries with myself. Then I was able to grow and get back to who I was because I knew how to manage my emotions and manage my heart and manage my mind. You know what I'm saying? Because for as good as it felt, you know, to have power and control over my emotions, it still wasn't who I was. Right. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that, I mean, that's one thing that I definitely can uh, almost, you know, identify at a spiritual level because... When I was younger, I'm 26 now, even though you know I might not seem <laughs> as, as younger slash old. Uh, but when I was a lot younger, you know, post uh, after high school, you know, you're naive. You you go out and and you want to you know change the world and help everybody and never say no. And that's a that's a tough thing to learn when you you know first at first you learn to say no, so you you feel you feel that power of like man you know go fuck yourself stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you you then almost realize that. You know, you never know the other end of that quarter. You know, you never know what's going on or where people are reaching out. And, you know, and it's like uh, Manny was telling me, like, you know, um, like when you see a, a homeless person on the street, you know, it could either be a scammer or he can just really be out in the fucking, you know, cold, lost family. You got nothing to his name. Don't know. Yeah. And and, and, it, and it's like and it's that unknown of why I I've chose to. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Even if a hundred people tell me, "Hey, that person's a piece of shit," you know, don't help them. Whatever, fuck them. They're liars. They're cheaters. You know, they they're gonna fuck you over. They haven't burned that bridge with me. Mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, been treating bad. So I'm not just because someone tells me that, you know, don't help them. Yeah, everybody. Everyone gets a different. shot. Now, if you mm-hmm. burn the bridge with me, that's on you. Mm-hmm. I did my good thing. Yeah. And if you didn't you at take least give it, everybody a chance. You gotta get everybody a chance, and that's one thing that that I feel like it's really missing, uh, and like not just here around the area, but just in the world. You know, we don't give people the benefit of the doubt because they they might call you naive or you know you're <coughs> stupid for you know helping whatever. You know, don't pick up people on the side of the road and shit like that. And it's like, well, you just gotta you know just try to do better, and be good all the time. Because what's the point of being shitty? You know, you're mm-hmm. gonna make life shitty for you and everybody else. And that's something that my grandpa always used to say too. Uh, my grandpa always used to say that, in in his own words, "Hoy para ti, mañana para tus hijos." Like yeah. today, mm-hmm. today is for them. You know, tomorrow, like that's gonna pay off for your kids. You know, mm-hmm. and that's something that he always kept to heart. You know, he did not like seeing kids like who were hungry and shit. So and they, he used to go down to Mexico, take trips around there a lot. And anytime he saw like a kid that was asking for food. He would immediately just like go to a restaurant, like sit down and just eat as much as you want, as much as you can, because he hated seeing a kid with hungry. Because he went through that, you know, when he was a kid, so he hated seeing a child that was hungry. And like anybody, he wouldn't give you money, but he, but if you were, if you came up to him and he said like, "I'm hungry, I haven't eaten," he's gonna feed you until you're stuffed, because he he just does not like seeing people who are hungry. Yeah. That's dope, man. That's yeah. a person with a good heart. That's a humanitarian. Mm-hmm. No, I know one story in particular that there was a kid that was asking for money and he had told him if you're hungry sit down and eat you know he was at a restaurant and the boy's like but my my mom and sister he's like just just eat 
gave him all the food he could, and then he had like the guy like pack up like food for him and for his his uh, mom and his kid and his sister, and then. You know, the guy that worked at the restaurant, he's like, all right, look, you need money? You need money on top of the food? You know, come in tomorrow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you to work, like, peeling the potatoes and taking out the mm-hmm. trash. And eventually his mom, like, started working, like, cleaning up, like, the bar next door, like, because, like, the owners knew each other. Like, he was cleaning up the, she was cleaning up the bar at night. And eventually, you know, they got her an apartment, like, somewhere to, at the, um, at a bakery, like, on top of a bakery. They had an old apartment there. Had her living there. You know, the kid was going to school and everything, you know. Like helping that one kid out, like just giving him food for his family. Now his family's thriving. That's beautiful, man. So you see, like and that's a- people who are grateful. Exactly. You know, for that chance, that opportunity. Look, the DHDC, man. They hired me. I'm a man. I'm a felon. Just did 17 years in prison for a murder case. Who the hell is gonna hire you like that? You know, especially yeah. in a. You know, nonprofit organization, youth programming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bro, they gave me a chance, brother. They gave me a shot, bro, and I swear, bro, I have every day I do my best, you know what I'm saying, and I love my job, and I, I give, you know, my heart I goes into my job, bro, and um, they have contributed so much to my life, bro, you know what I mean, like, um, I was able to build a life for myself, bro, a good, a good-ass life, you know, I was younger, I had kids young, bro, I owe child support. I ain't never was going to get no job that was going to pay me no money. I wasn't educated, you know what I'm saying? And I wasn't going to work for peanuts, but I couldn't get a bank account, so I never built no credit. You know, I lived in the streets. I had cars, no insurance. I was just irresponsible, just good ghetto street life, just, you know what I'm saying? Outlaw. I was an outlaw. I lived I ever, you know? Now, bro, just three days ago, I went to the bank, bro. They just they just pre uh, pre approved me for a hundred fifty thousand dollar loan to get a house, bro. Damn. I've been home two and a half years, bro. You know what I'm saying? Congratulations! I've been working solid, getting checked, just doing the right thing, bro. Man, I'm blessed, dog. Blessed. I'm blessed yeah. to be here with you, brothers, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and we appreciate you. And you can create by, that world, oh, yeah. though. You know, and that's the thing. You know, like even if you know, just say like you were pre approved for a house and everything. It didn't land on your lap, you know what I mean? It's it's all product of that, you know, you can call it hard work, you know, discipline, Decisions. whatever. From that moment that you flipped the switch when you were in prison to right now, you know, you didn't fucking stumble into, oh, you know, I already got a job and, you know, a house lined up. Mm-hmm. You, you, you work, even if it maybe didn't feel like work, you know, because that's, that's a thing that people don't understand about the struggle. It's like when, when they see, like, pe- any everyday people, you know, either doing a side business or anything. They immediately think to like, oh, you know, they just want to make money quick, or they want to take advantage of their friends and shit. But it's like they don't—they don't see that their their passion and the way they live their life is—it's—it's it's a—it's essentially a job you, that you do for free for for yourself, and you want to help your family. And it—and it's—it's those unseen hours of effort that people don't see ever. Mm-hmm. You know, they might see you as a positive person and think, oh, that's easy. You know, I can just do that tomorrow. But they—but they never do it. You know, they, yeah. they always try like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm giving, you know, homeless people food and I'm filming it. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm yeah, good. No doubt. But behind doors, they didn't give yeah. two shits about, yeah. you know, the world. Strings attached. And it's like, and, it, and it's always that behind the scenes of mentality of you, you got to preach what you, you know, believe in. And you get results like yourself, you know, like you got a second shot at life. And I'm mm-hmm. sure I can say that, you know. Absolutely, bro. And I take full advantage of it every day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being younger, bro, and just having bad days, weeks, months, 
You know what I'm saying? Can't pay the bills, struggling, finding all this shit. Now, bro, I live humbly. I live responsibly. I live morally. I live good, bro. You know what I mean? And it's not because I got a whole bunch of shit. Right. It's because I'm at peace with everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mad at nobody. I'm not angry with nobody. Right. I don't hold no grudges. You know what I'm saying? I live in peace, bro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the best way to mm-hmm. live because cause I, I, don't, I still don't understand to this day how people can have um, just negative thoughts against someone that doesn't probably don't even think about you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when, when like the the face of haters gets thrown around, you know, they're hating on you for whatever reason. I, even if someone did me wrong, you know, it could be an ex or someone that fucked mm-hmm. me over. Even the people that jumped me, you know, I jokingly say like, well, I know where fuck you live and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't think about them. You know, I don't think about hate. I don't keep that in me because that's just energy that you're taking away from me to like you know put it into either school or you know the project that we're doing now mm-hmm. why the fuck would i be thinking about you know oh this motherfucking person fucked me over mm-hmm. seven years ago and i still can't get over it you know we and call it we call it letting people rent space in your head yeah you know what they, I'm yeah like they ain't not gonna they're not gonna be out here fucking living for free in my head no you go live mm-hmm. your fucking life even and they might be thinking about it too you know the other way like mm-hmm. thinking oh he fucked me over Get over it, dude. Mm-hmm. We're, we're fuck, man. Yeah, but people live a lifetime of holding grudges. Yeah. I mean, you've got generations of families who've been be duking own, it out for blood. years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just because that's a a, a, a a rival that they've had for 30, 40 years, you know? Shout out to my grandson, Kingston, too. It's his first birthday. And shout out to my oh, wife. What's happy, up happy with birthday you, birthday from the crew, guys. Happy birthday. birthday from the crew. Yup, yup, yup. Sometimes I was, I know it's odd to say some people might think it's arrogant, but you know, sometimes a lot of people use that negative or that whatever it is, bad energy, and they put it towards motivation. They use it to whatever later on they can figure out how to mold it and use it towards something positive, you know. Eventually that's something good, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't, like, you, you know, you're not just going to randomly reverse think of how you were thinking you know what i'm saying on any situation eventually you're just going to try to figure out how i can use anything that motivates me that you do bad and turn it into something that you do good and that could be like your fuel you know and some people don't want to take away their fuel i mean it's kind of hard to like just keep going if you don't got no motivation but if you know you remember you don't want to go back to the struggle you don't want to go back to eating noodles and not having no water lights or you know what i'm saying crying on birthdays whatever it is you know bad christmas that's all you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna push back push that you know and use that motivation to not look back you know and and that's the thing you know it's just transferring that energy you know if you're gonna think that you're gonna sit here and hold grudges or think negative about somebody if anything prove them wrong do the opposite even be more successful you know even try harder to be a even more open good person you know yeah. like just take that energy and just flip it around you know be nicer to them you know or whoever you know that's that, that's a whole another lifestyle it's a little bit more at peace like i, I tell I my pr- girlfriend i, I live pray my, for him bro yeah i pray for him. yeah I, I live uh i live my my <laughs> life like today is my last day i i hate even though you know we're all guilty in this room i'm sure when you say yeah i'll just do that shit tomorrow you know what I mean? Hell like yeah, we, yeah. like we, like we fucking yeah. guaranteed tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. like, like it might seem stupid and you know silly to think about it, but 
who the fuck are you to say you got tomorrow? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you can fucking get hit by a car crossing the street. Yeah. And you're over here like, ah, I'll do it tomorrow. That's crazy you yeah. say that because when I lived in Chicago with my aunts and uncles and them, um, every time we would try to make plans or say, hey, let's do this, they always say, si Dios quiere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? God willing. You know what I mean? Like, they always said it. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, I can't wait for it. Yeah, si Dios quiere, si Dios quiere. You know what I'm saying? And um, and that, I feel like, coincides with what you were saying about, you know, tomorrow's not always promised, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but see, that was one of the kind of mentalities that I feel kept our people stagnant in the community is because we were only taught to live for the day because life was such a struggle that mm-hmm. getting through the day was was a mission, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And um and when I was in prison with successful people because you know prison is is doesn't discriminate. They lock up everybody. You got educated people in there, yep. doctors, lawyers, you know, everybody was up in there, bro. The rich, the poor. And and yeah. yeah, the rich, the poor and all that good stuff and and so I wanted to know what was so different about, you know, um, you know, people who lived in the suburbs, people who were rich, people who had money. Like, what is so different about them, you know what I'm saying, for me? And it was about everything that they were taught and raised to think was all about the future. Everything was about planning, preparing for the future, saving money for the future, working hard, and then teaching your kids, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, skilled trades, education, you know, uh, about, you know, economy, uh, you know, finances, budgeting, college, pursuing education, all that. You know what I'm saying? So their values are different, you know? And I'm like, well, we need to come and get into that same mindset, you know, so we can all become business owners and we can thrive in this world as, you know, God rightfully gave us that right to do. You know what I mean? But it's just yeah. lack of knowledge. You know what I'm saying? And we've been ignorant for so damn long. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Motherfuckers don't even want knowledge no more. You know, they're <laughs> like, fuck it. I'm so used to living like this. It's easier. That's what I tell these guys, too. Like, it's a lot easier. And even my girlfriend, when we have, you know, <coughs> you might have that off day where you just fucking feel like, you know, you want to just give up. Say, fuck it. You know, I'll just sit and watch TV. Mm-hmm. And it's so attractive because it's just too easy to do. You know, mm-hmm. it's literally like a, it's like a flip of a switch. It's like a curse. But it's also a blessing to live your life like every day is your last day because you can, you know, have plans in place. Because I tell my girlfriend, you know, you can you can have both mentalities because she my girlfriend is she's white, like full white. She was uh, born in uh, somewhere in America. <laughs> I forgot the fuck she's born. Oh, <laughs> but <good>. but but <laughs> she grew up in South Carolina, you know, and certain states are like their own little countries almost. Mm-hmm. And it's like obviously me growing up in Mexico and her growing up, you know, in a trailer park is. It's two, it's two different worlds. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, from down to the family values to how you live your life every day. And I tell her, like, why can't you have both? Like, life is, is so complex and and almost full of so many possibilities that why can't you take all the good parts of every culture and just mix it? You know, literally. Like, you know, like I was raised differently than she was. How are we going to raise our kids? You know, questions mm-hmm. like that arise. You know, like like chunkla and shit like that. You know, like <laughs> like you got to find a balance. You know, like in life, because that's that's what I personally believe. Life has its balances. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to obviously eliminate those stereotypes of like you know if I'm living every day, why the fuck do I want to save money? You know, if I if I make it at the end of the day, I'm good. Yeah, and that's how we. But were, it, but it's know? like you you can have both. Why not save money and still live your life every mm-hmm. day? Uh, and that's a that's a hard balance to find because you can easily fall into that. Ah, I'll just give up. Fuck it. I'll do it tomorrow and. Yeah, you know, it's mm-hmm. not even worth it. 
and then and it's, it's easier to fall in that trap. That's that really procrastinating, procrastination, irresponsible way. Yeah. A lot of times I fall into like a loop like that, but like kind of like in the reverse way, where like I'm just thinking about like I have to save money because I want this, and I, I need I need to save this, save this, and then I'm depriving myself of things that I want to do. You know, because I'll just be like, you know, I need to make sure this I save this much and pay this much. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, well, now I only have this. But, you know, like I wanted to go out with the guys, you know, or I wanted to I wanted to go to this concert and I don't have the money for it because I'm so obsessed with like saving all this for something that's way out in the future. You know, so mm-hmm. now I'm stressing about things and depriving myself of things that I would want to do and I would love to it's do. It's a balance. Just I mean, because I'm like so focused on the future. I, I I just um, I think you do your dis yourself a disservice <clears throat> by not. Um, I I always tell people don't don't cheat yourself, treat yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because if I die tomorrow, I die a happy man because I know I loved everybody good. I know I, I treated myself good. Mm-hmm. You know I I I lived how I wanted to live. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love how I wanted to love, and that's what's important. But it's also important. To you know, not deprive yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because you know what you want is always going to be there, right? You know, and you just have to separate, learn how to separate your needs and your wants. You know what I'm saying? Your priority are your needs, and then you work on your wants. Mm-hmm. But if there's something you should really want to do, you shouldn't deprive yourself of it. Because like me, I'll lose sleep over some shit like that. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If I feel like you know. Like, I wasn't justified in that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I don't want to deprive myself of nothing, bro. I've, been, I've lived a lifetime of that. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, like just recently, like, the, the ticket to that festival for the When We Were Young Festival, you know, I got to the point where I was stressing out, like, over, like, how much I paid for the ticket. And I was just like, you know, I can't justify this. Like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up selling my ticket, try to get my money back. And then at the end of the day, I think about it, I'm like, but like this is like something that I've been that I would love to do, you know. And like right. this is something that I really like would like do anything to do. So like uh, at the end of the day, I'm just like, why am I stressing over it? This yeah. is something I want to do. And like you know, I can just you know grind a little bit harder, make up the money back, and it's mm-hmm. all gonna work out. Mm-hmm. You know, why am I stressing so much over like just you know something so small? You know, yeah, absolutely, bro, for sure. And, and that's the thing. Um, thinking thinking about that of like you know falling into that trap of like not rewarding yourself either you know mm-hmm. like i've 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 uh because i like i was telling you off there a lot of you I'm, i go to school in the afternoons and and i like to be transparent with people so last semester i i ended up missing a lot of s- classes for you know other reasons you know mainly fucking covid and shit so you tend to fall behind and then with all the shit that i got going on you know that's like you can't afford to be falling behind like that so i ended up failing two classes last semester like straight up failing like fucking f right but at the end of the day it's not like i didn't care i just you know like like you literally said that class is going to be there next semester you know even if it's not a semester it'll be next year and then you didn't prioritize it you know and 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 at the end of the day i recognize that you know you know things could have been different or you know you learn from your mistakes but i'm, I'm not going to let my life, you know, be in despair of like, oh man, like, what did I do when I can just pay for, to take the class again on the next semester, mm-hmm. you know, and even t- and take it as a learning curve instead of you know dwelling yep. in my self pity, mm-hmm. and it's like, if you, like if you want to go to that concert, Angel, you know, like, 
yeah, like it's gonna probably set you back and stuff like that. I'm not saying go out and fucking spend all your you yeah, know I mean, money and put shit. you in debt or you know I don't want to put you in debt. You kicked out the house, <laughs> yeah, <or> but like, <laughs> but you know, there, there are certain things in life that you can literally be like, I'll give it another shot. But if you know, if right now the present the the option of like you know you have to go see like a family member that might be passing away next month, you know what I mean, and you have to literally pay for a ticket that's gonna be worth a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Are you yeah. gonna be stressing over that money? Or are you going to go see the loved one one more time before they leave the world, you know? Right. right. You can say, you know, money, that, all that shit's material. So, at the end of the day, you got to prioritize yourself and your, mm-hmm. you know, your happiness. Right. It's easy to say. Yeah, and, like, and that's the trap that I fall into a lot. And and it is partially from, like, you know, my, my depression and anxiety, you know, and I try to push those thoughts away a lot. But there's a lot of times where I'm just like... I don't deserve it. Like, why am I? Why am I going to do this? I don't deserve that. Like, I need to be focusing on this over here. And a lot of times, you know, I have to like really like kick myself and like get out of that mindset. Like, no, like it's not just like I don't deserve it. Like, it's I should deserve. I deserve it for myself. You know, to get my own mind right. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just a tough cycle to always have to fight your way out of. But you know, you just gotta like stick to it and just keep trying to keep that voice in the back of your head like no you do deserve it you know you Hell do yeah, you do deserve right. to treat yourself you do deserve you know to have a day off you do deserve to just like mm-hmm. make like take a self-care day you know like i just have to like keep that voice in the back of my head going on it mm-hmm. sometimes it's tough because if you, you know, don't take care of yourself who will bro exactly you know mm-hmm. Exactly. That's and that's you one know, of the and if you're working hard, bro, hell yeah, you, you deserve, deserve something. Shit. Especially mm-hmm. if you don't do it every week and shit like that, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. You're, you're not going to Vegas every week. Hell no. You don't go to <laughs> Vegas every month. Yeah. So, like, you know, one time ain't going to kill you. You know right. what I mean? So, it's like going back to what I was saying earlier. You know, life has a balance. And it's easy to just find it either if it applies to you or not. You know, now, if you're living, you know, like, where you don't have fucking bread on your table and you're fucking going to Vegas, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we that, might have that, another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you got a car, you got a family, you're not struggling, at least to my understanding. Um, mm-hmm. Fucking go to Vegas, man. If you got the means and extras and you still have money at the end of the day. Bro, we I, I just had a wedding in Vegas this year. I went and got married back oh, in July. Congratulations. Thank congratulations. you. I, I, had, uh, I had just discharged off parole like a couple weeks before that. Mm-hmm. And then flew out to Vegas for the first time in my life. My wife flew a plane for the first time in her whole life. And, man, we had, like, 40 people out there with us. Like, it was a beautiful experience, man. And I, I can't wait to do some more traveling. Mm-hmm. But you need money, though. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And yep. when you're trying to buy a house and you want to do this, that. It's going you know back to that saying? balance, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, know exactly. you know, Lincoln Park restaurant looking pretty fine right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. You have anything to say, uh, Mario? Mario been pretty yeah. quiet over uh, here yeah. the whole time. I, f- I forgot my man lives in privilege. <laughs> yeah, like I can't, nah, I can't, I can't like sit here and like I mean, like yeah, I, I like I, I've been through yeah. a mix of everything that you guys have been through. Like yeah. I'll be honest, like I lived in, I, or I, rather, I grew up in a kind of environment that I guess was a little bit easier and a little bit yeah. more well maintained. Right. Didn't mean I like you know I felt you know complacent or anything like that. Right. Like I still wanted to you know aspire to be something else. I wanted to do some things that I've always wanted to do. My parents, you know, yeah, they grew up in Argentina. They flew, they've come back and forth multiple times from there to Detroit mm-hmm. to give a better life to my family. And they, you know, they never got in as a result of that. My parents never went to college. My yeah. grandparents never went to college. They never mm-hmm. had that, those opportunities of connecting with others to see mm-hmm. where they can lead. 
And so I wanted to break the mold. I wanted to be that person to, you know, put in my hard-earned, hard work and effort. Yeah. And I ch- and I looked at college as, like, a bit of a competition to myself. Like, not in, you know, not to, like, you know, be better than anybody else, but, like, right. as... I looked at it as, like, let's say an athlete trying to train to be the, in, the, in the Olympics. You want to be that person to be up in that up in that event in that arena you want to go get you want to grab what you want you want to be the one that at the end of the day holds that gold medal or in this case holds you have a diploma in yeah. your hand which by the way you he graduated out of u of m my man oh, here shit. Is a congratulations certified bro. journalist dude. go blue yeah, yeah. Go. but and uh, don't ever feel like you got to apologize bro <laughs> oh, you know what i'm no, saying bro like that's we all have that's, our demons that's great bro that yeah, you right, didn't yeah. have to go through the shit we yeah. went through yeah you know what i'm saying i, I know and i don't you know because there's a lot of shit we can learn from you just like you learn yeah, from us of bro you know I, and i've yeah. i grew up with many people like these guys yeah, he stuck with us in this fucking garage <laughs> in Detroit. So yeah. you- <laughs> I've, 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 had, I've had many friends growing up that were just like all of you guys you know mm-hmm. some they're still they're thriving some unfortunately unfortunately aren't here with us yeah. so it, it, it you you take all those experiences and you know even for someone like me who mm. grew up in a place where you know i could i guess feel safe in some way but yeah. different environment yeah different environment. i still i took it to heart you know i wanted yeah. to be you know i didn't want to put myself in those positions like yeah. i i you know i see it from friends and other and fans of family you know I'm like oh i don't want to do that like i want to aspire to be I don't know, an astronaut or some yeah, yeah. shit, you know? Do something like that. Mm-hmm. But even going back to college, it was just like, yeah, they tell you what to learn. They tell you what to think. But I, I went, listening to that conversation, I was like, I agree to a sense. Like, I, I, w- I will listen to them. But yeah. let me see what I can do. Is there yeah. another lane that I can take? I'm like, you know Literally. what? Yeah. That's a little bit more efficient. I can do it that way. And then, Yeah. College, you think you think yeah, you you've made the big time, but last few years I've had to learn to be patient with life. I yeah. had to learn to, you know, sometimes just take it take it in the chin. All those uh, rejections of work and all those yeah. jobs and thinking, yeah, you Shit, realize that, that life's you know even if you feel like it's easier, it's not easier. You know what I mean? And oh yeah, it, and it's and it's and it's it's a fallacy that we can easily fall on. Where, you know, just because he grew up in another location, you know, he has it easier. And, you know, us, as in, you know, us four, we can easily say, you know, well, he had it better. But we don't know what he went through. You know, he had his own struggles, and you know, either yeah. mentally or with family. And, that, and that's a tough world that we can easily fall in. Well, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about and, you know, rejecting someone's opinion mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's like la- last time I checked, we're all sitting around this table. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're in the same fucking place. Us right here, so it's well, like it's blood. It's, it's crazy right. you say yeah. that because when I was in the joint, I like I said, bro, yeah. they don't discriminate. You mm-hmm. got guys who are doctors. I mean, successful real estate guys, all kinds of shit. And um, and I used to ask them like, damn, you guys came from money. You came from suburbs. You like, how the hell you end up in prison, bro? Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like, and and they would tell me about their careers and their you know accomplishments and their education and their degrees. And I'm like, and they were just like, I hated my life. And I'm like, how? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I would have fucking traded that shit. Yeah. Like, and they were like, you know what, man? I didn't even want to go to college. Or I didn't want to be a doctor. My parents forced me to do it. And, right. you know, and it was sad because it was like, 
you know, kind of like us. You know what I'm saying? We're just doing as we're told. You know what I'm saying? It's and the product of the environment. Suit. Yeah. And I think it's great, you know, when people can go and find what's right for them, where their passion is. But everybody didn't have that that privilege, you know what I'm saying, to do as they want. They had to do as they were told. And they ended up living a life of 30, 40 years in a career that they hated all their life. But, you know what I'm saying, they had so much invested in it already. They became alcoholics or, you know, unfaithful in marriage or, you know, just whatever it may have been and turned into criminals, you know, shit. And, yeah, and, and, it's, and it's crazy because it, uh, at the end of the day, I feel like it doesn't matter. If you're like the poorest person in the world and the richest person in the world, you can be the poor person can be the happiest person in the world. And, you know, fucking Elon Musk, you know, he got sleepless nights. You know, he might be the richest, but he running fucking companies. You know, he's how really is he really enjoying mm, yeah, his life? Yeah, we sleep and, good and, at and, night. Yeah, yeah, I can fucking go to sleep right now and not worry mm-hmm. about only DTE next month. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's crazy because, you know, we... Everyone has their own struggles to what they're where they're supposed to be in life. You know, like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. it's like you know, if mine right now is you know going to school and fucking working at the same time, I know that it's gonna be a different one. Maybe like you know, I'm gonna hear fucking crying kids in a big ass house in ten years. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's gonna be a different struggle, but it's gonna be according to where I'm supposed to be. You know, even though some people look like it might be really unlucky. You know, like you said. That was, you know, someone with no legs in prison. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you think to yourself, like, man, he's doing shit. At least I'm not like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, and, yeah. it's, and, and it's and it's crazy. And I bet you he, he, that person probably had the same mentality as you. Well, I mean, I don't know the person, but because mm-hmm. I've seen like like one kid that I really uh, admire, not, not to call him a kid, but like, you know, I don't want to say man. I feel like a little weird if I say man. <laughs> well, <if he laughs> but, uh, this the, the gentleman, that's probably better the to guy. say. The guy from Los Astros on the wheelchair, you know what I mean? Oh, the, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, it's in Los Astros. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, like he fucking shreds that guitar way better than I'm ever gonna do in my life, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, and he doesn't let anything stop him, at least from what I see, you know. Yeah. Like that's that fucking attitude. Like, oh, you know, you think you know a rock star being on stages and shit, when well, a wheelchair. No, that's, you know that, his that, story. Yeah, I don't know his story. You know, fully because I don't yeah, know. The genre, you know, he was on my podcast. Yeah, so, I was, I was know, watching I, a couple of uh, episodes yeah, uh, earlier when I was podcast, listening. and uh, he was a little kid, bro. When his him and his parents mm-hmm. got into a car accident, they got hit. You know, there was a high speed chase, mm-hmm. and uh, the people who were running they ended up crashing to him and his family and paralyzed him since he was a kid, little little kid. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So he grew up paralyzed like that, but. Like, I can't imagine being, I'd rather be dead on yeah. some real shit. I feel yeah. like that. Like, I'd rather be dead. Right. But this young man, he created something, you know, out of himself and found worthy value and, you know, talent. You know what I'm saying? Like, that boy is talented. He built his own group. He's all he's doing his thing, man. Big shout out to Lil Also, man. What's up with yeah, you, little boy? Little yes, yeah, so name, name was eluded me for some reason, but yeah, no, he, that's the cat I really respect. Yeah. And I, I just saw him too at La Terraza with the shout out to Sombra, by the way. Oh, if he ever sees my boy Sombra, yeah, he put on that fucking yeah, event. And, you know, I, see, people, I didn't get to go, but I seen it. That bitch looked live, bro. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was, it was pretty good. I think Angel, we were there. Yeah, right? I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I went over there. Yeah. You were yeah, being, being my quote unquote bodyguard duty. 
<laughs> yeah, quote, <laughs> quote unquote bodyguard duty. <laughs> fucking bodyguard. You and Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the funny thing is, like, you know, quote unquote bodyguard duty, yet I'm sitting there watching the stage with my back to Brian and his girl. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, what kind of bodyguard am I? I'm just sitting here with my back turned and I'm not even watching them. Yeah, yeah. I was over here getting jumping shit, my man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like, and it's like, that's why I really, like, respect cats like Sombra, you know? Like, they put on events like that. And, you know, like, from DHTC, you know, I helped out Victorino, one of his gigs he had at the... Shit, uh, that boy's talented. Which I, 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 I don't want to, you know, speak too soon, but I, uh, I think he's uh, going to be pretty here soon with us to oh, yeah. enjoy the uh, circle of conversation. Hey, and, hey uh, Victorino. I'm up, shooting man? for this Saturday, but we'll see. But anyways, like, you know, DHTC, they do events. Like, I think it's called Fantasma Market. Or yeah, the Fantasma. Yeah, I was there cafe. helping him out with his set, whatever his last set was that he did there. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and it's like he's a talented cat. And it's like, but, like, he got he's getting a platform, you know, at DHTC. Uh, many different genres, bro. And that's mm-hmm. what the DHTC does. You know what I'm saying? Even even my podcast, bro, it's like we allow people to come there and 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 display their talent, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To the community, to, you know, everybody. And they love it, bro. Like, like um, DHDC is so invested. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, they got the Best Buy Tech Center, Team Tech Center for, for that. We have a, a state-of-the-art recording studio. We got a green room to teach videography, photography. I mean, bro, everything is about cultivating and creating, you know, your skills, man. You know, and, um, yeah, there's a lot of talent coming out of the DHDC, bro. And, you know, even with your podcast, bro, you get brothers opportunity to come on here and tell their stories. And, you know, like on mine, I let them perform, you know. I let them mm-hmm. perform, do their thing because, you know, wherever I go, I want to take my people with me, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's so much talent in the neighborhood, bro. And I'm like, man, bro, I don't know how we are not all millionaires yet. I don't know yeah. how we are not all successful, bro. I mean, we got so many talented people from, you know, production to to spoken word to, you know, making beats to videography to photography to rapping to singing to rock to everything, bro. Yeah. And it's like, you know, how do we go to the next level? How do we get paid? How do we get recognized? How do we get signed? I mean, you know... I just, you know, I want to see us all do good, you know. I was telling Sombra, I mean, you got so many guys out here doing doing so good and are so talented. I just, I wish everybody well, and I just feel like we got so much power, so many resources. Why are we not getting the recognition that we deserve, bro? We got everything covered. Shit, you by yourself got a podcast, you got a Mexican group, you rent out audio setups, I mean... This guy's got a whole concert cover. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's not done yet. Uh, not done yet, man. But, uh, I know, yeah, but, but how are you not rich, you know? <laughs> <laughs> man, I asked myself that question now. <laughs> no, but, like, a little bit of that goes to, like, you know, like, going back to what I was, like, you know, saying about your, your hard work, even if people don't see it as work, of, you know, of your discipline. It's, it's stuff doesn't land on you just because you flip on a dime. You know, your life, the minute you recognize that changing behavior of, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna be a better person. You know, I'm gonna strive to be better. You know, you you still hadn't read through all those books. You know, you still haven't you know got out of jail. So it's it's also a little bit of that long term where you have to recognize the like the treacherous road that's ahead of you. You know, like I can easily say, you know, I'm doing fucking twenty projects in one year. Oh, where's Brian at? Oh, 
fucking you know he gave up six months ago and that's the thing it's like i'm a huge believer that you know actions are louder than words if everyone has a million dollar ideas you know but who actually executes and keeps at it you know right now we're in episode 11 10 but you know is are we gonna get to 100 are we gonna get to ten thousand? I joked about it in the first episode. You know? Yeah, you know, no, we yeah. never know if this shit's gonna do two episodes or if this shit's gonna do a thousand. You know, yeah, and, or ten thousand. And then what did I say? Like the first thing, second episode. I'm just like years of this, years of us planning the, for this. Yeah. And now we're already on episode two. Like, mm. where? Yeah. Now, like, we're already here. Now yeah. we're we got to just keep going. Yeah, and then, like because we you, all work together at one point. Yeah. yeah like at the same job. That's a I met him. And then I I went to high school with him, and it's pretty funny how like the world's road rolls around like pretty small. I was thinking about it today. So like Vizzle, you know who Vizzle is, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I seen her so we the we region. sort of grew up together. Like my mom was her babysitter. Oh shit! You know okay. what I mean? And like speaking of like, I don't want to out you know the man member around here that I told you when you got here. You know, mm-hmm. a certain group member lived literally across the street from oh, me. Oh yeah, Z. He lived across the street from me. Damn, that's crazy. Swear to God, and and everything and, uh, homegrown. A bunny businessman. Went to, oh, middle yeah, school, went to middle school with him. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like... That it's, guy, yeah. So it's funny how, like, we all kind of know each other, even if we don't, in a way. Mm, he's good people. It, but it, we're it, all in the same arena. We're right. all in the same business. Mm-hmm. We can all come together. Right. You know what I mean? Going back to, like, my earlier mentality, it's like, why, why, you know, not support each other? We're all here for the same goal, you know? Like, I support you, you support me. Let's fucking go to the top together. There's plenty of fucking attention span on the internet bro we should throw hey, a talent show at the senate theater we should rent out the senate theater and we should have a show a badass show displaying all the talent in southwest i even told sombra i was going to talk to aztec nando if they can do a versus not right. a disrespectful versus right. but you know sombra he's got his crew the southwest mexican and you got aztec right. nando goyo and all them like they're right. all very talented yeah. like i would love to see them perform they're both their teams you know what i'm saying and all yeah. the other local artists that, that we have and then just you know the art the art artistic part you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. of of our community we got so many people you know who paint and draw and airbrush and spray paint and just you know just put put our whole community on display you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like they had a festival southwest fest yep that's that actually I where i got the birth idea of that was so dope bro um, oh was it i don't want to you know throw shade at it but that's kind of the whole spark uh spark like you know a little click like maybe you know someone should rent some audio around here and you yeah. know make it actually you know goes with the workflow and everybody gets the performance stuff mm-hmm. you know and i can't wait for the second one if they but make it an just, annual thing i'm gonna be there just the same but i was. think we amongst yeah. ourselves like right. you know what i'm saying and other partners should strive to do something like yeah. that because that southwest fest was successful as far yeah. as i was concerned right i had never seen nothing like it you know and, and that's i grew the, up in the 90s you right. can't throw a festival because somebody's gonna get shot you know <laughs> what i'm saying <laughs> cinco de mayo parades remember all that yeah shit? that shit oh was crazy God, bro i used to yeah. always end bad i was the last cinco de mayo i was at was in 2002 it was like a month or two before i went to prison right. I was at V West in the parking lot right down Werner and Lansing. Mm-hmm. Got my kid with me, and, you know, I'm just out there enjoying it. Before you know it, you got 50 guys out there in the middle just brawling and pulling people out of cars. I said, I'm gone, man. Yeah, no. So that was my last memory of Cinco de Mile, you know right. what I mean? And oh, then you damn. come home, and it's like I came home to a pandemic. 
But I thrive though, bro, right. because you got to understand I'm accustomed to seclusion. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in a, in, so to me, I'm like, what? Way. Stay home, watch TV, Hell eat yeah. popcorn. I'm having a time in my life while mm-hmm. the rest of the world is going crazy, not knowing yep. what they're going to do. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I was, I was, had my job. I was working from home. I was facilitating classes through my Zoom meetings. Uh-huh. And I, so I stayed in touch with all my youth and I was just running a, a life skills curriculum, right. uh, the Hoven Noble uh, curriculum with them. And uh, it was dope, bro. And I thrived so much through the pandemic, you know. And it's not to, you know, disregard any suffering that anybody went through. But in my right. situation, I, bro, I thrived through the whole pandemic, you yeah. know. But it was like, you know, but like I said, the hard part for a lot of people was the seclusion, you know. Yeah. And and that's the, the, that's the weird thing that I've noticed, too. Like, cer- like, sometimes life just doesn't make sense, but you just have to act. Because you don't want to, like, let life step over you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, a good example is, so, like, Grupo Contacto is the first thing I started, even though it was more like me and my dad. We started it two months into the pandemic when they were still pushing back the fucking date. You know, it mm-hmm. looked like it was going to go on forever. We're going to stand it another month. We're going to stand it another month. And me and my dad was like, you know what? We should start a live performance band when everything is shut down. That's the perfect time to fucking start. Mm-hmm. But going back to, like, you know, everyone got an idea every day. It's all about execution. And no matter if fucking world's right, lockdown or anything, no matter. You have to execute what you believe. And if you, you know, and just keep at it. We're two years in. You know, we're not, we don't have a gig every week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the idea is there. And we still do it every day. Every day. Bro, I started my yeah. podcast during a pandemic. I had a conversation with DJ Dan and Jose Del Valle from Lit Music Entertainment, yeah. and we came together and th- during the pandemic and right. just thrived. The podcast blew up, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I love it. I love what it does for the community because there was a couple of times I got discouraged because this shit requires a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, man, is this shit even worth it? You know what I'm saying? So I had, you know, you know, had expressed my feelings a couple of times to people about, you know, wanting to maybe wrap it up. And yeah. people are like, do not wrap it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, bro. You don't know that this story, this guest, this what you said saved my life, saved the day, helped me with this. And I was like, damn, there's the purpose. There's the purpose. You know what I'm saying? To save somebody's life, to help somebody make a decision. You know what I'm saying? Like to contribute to somebody's life like that, bro. And that's why I just keep kept doing what I was doing. And uh, it's been successful, bro. You know what I mean? And. Yeah, and That's I can definitely give you a lot of credit. Sorry to cut you oh, off there, Angel. Yeah, like, okay. I can definitely credit you and Beaver as Detroit and, um, you know, even Temple Beats who have, like, you know, putting that seed in the back of my head of, like, you know what? Me and the guys have always fucking joked around and back and forth since we've known each other and worked with each other. I'm talking seven years ago, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of us, you know, I was like, we, we should have an excuse to get together once a week and, you know, talk about our lives and, you know, keep that connection alive. Why not? fucking finally start this fucking podcast that mm-hmm. we always wanted to shout out to and, z too man shout That's out to z man. oh yeah yes sir 31.3 urban rhythm yeah the whole crew bro and yeah, it's like that boy rocky, boy rocky. Yeah, and it's like 
I want to so, get to so, know the people from Vibras. I ain't never yeah. met them, but so it's it's Camila Cantu and Luis. You know, yeah, I seen Camila. Shout she out to performed. His food, his she food. performed at the DHTC, bro. She yeah. did her thing. She, she she's. I, the I would love to get her on my podcast one day. Yeah, she's the director of the uh, Mariachi Femenil too. I think. Oh, is she? Yeah, oh, okay. So she's, and she just graduated from U of M. Oh, oh she's doing all that shit. Congratulations to so, her, So bro. people mm-hmm. like that are inspirations. Like I mm-hmm. can easily say that have ins- they, they don't because a lot of people might get the misconception of like you know you're competing and shit. You know, like the internet's not you know so vast of like audiences. Like you know, like no. Bro. Mm-hmm. When it comes to either you know it could be small artists and shit like that, dude. Th- there's something for everybody out there. You know, it's just Absolutely. like there's people that are gonna hate you and not like you. Period. Even if 99 people like you, that person still one person is not gonna like you. Mm-hmm. Like there's enough for everybody to go around. So why not make each other's stuff, you know, grow? And and that's a good inspiration that I got from either you know run, bumping into your podcast on Facebook, and you know Z's, uh, you know his radio station that he started and his podcast, and and you know from Victorino and all the circles that people run, it's like. Those they inspire you to be better, you know, mm-hmm. to be a, a better person and and just thrive, you know. Do you ever work with uh, DJ EJ, my no. boy EJ? You never worked with he, him he, from the he, culture creators. He got me. I just remember. So Victorino, when I played with him at a club, I don't know if you know that. So when he did the full band performance at a club, at El Club, yeah. yeah so I cool. was a drummer on that, and then he got me a slot for my group. My group played at El Club too. Through, oh, through uh, the uh, D- uh, DJ, well, his name's EJ, EJ but he DJ, right? so we call him DJ EJ. EJ. <laughs> Shout out to him and Miguel yeah. Reyes so, yeah, over so there, culture and, um, creators, man. And yeah, going going back to that, uh, I think they just won an. Uh, a oh, they did. Yeah, five. Five. Yeah, shout out, to, shout five. out to oh, Reyes. Yeah. Shout out to Reyes yeah. and all the guys involved there. They, I, you know, I met Reyes yeah. in prison, bro. He wasn't in prison. He came in. Right. I was gonna say, holy shit. No, we did a Cinco de Mayo event, right. and you know, he did the um, he did the uh, spoken word. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he came with a friend of mine named Maximo Anguiano, and he was our sponsor for our Hosta organization. Hosta was Hispanic American striving towards advancement. It was a it was an organization in prison that the pop uh, that uh, administration let us had uh, to unite the Latino community in prison. You know what I'm saying? And we needed sponsorship from outside. He was a teacher at Jackson, and he came up and brought his students and all kinds of talent and brought Miguel Reyes into the prison and we put on a Cinco de Mayo event together and it was crazy because coming home Miguel Reyes lived because he was uh he he came from Chicago went to Saginaw and then you know landed in Detroit and I was like damn you're in my neighborhood and you know he, he looked out for me too at Thanksgiving gave me a few turkeys you know what I'm saying for the family so uh you know them guys doing some good things, oh they're doing man. awesome work uh I, I, um not to give because I don't know how they're open about their I think their center of operations is somewhere around here, but I don't mm-hmm. want to get more information. I don't know how they work with any of that stuff. But, yeah, no, uh, even Victorino has told me that, you know, that the awesome work that they do. And, and I just saw, like, the thing that he did with John Lennon, which was fucking amazing. Uh, right? Oh, he did a video with John Lennon. Damn, like, where he's he? reading poetry know. and John Lennon's playing the piano and shit. Wow. Oh, my no, God, man. dude. And it's pretty nice. I, I, everyone should check it out. It's on Instagram. I'm sure if you go to wow, I think Reyes Poetry, dope. I think that's his uh, handle. I'm not sure. Sorry if I misquote this handle, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, they're doing awesome work, and I'm really excited going back to like you know the community that I feel like is kind of building up 
Mm-hmm. Like not the shadows because that sounds a little like <laughs> evil, but mm-hmm. like it's kind of like behind the scenes, you know, everything's slowly growing. And by the time you realize, oh shit, you know, like we got the scooters on the street again, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no doubt. Like you're like, man. oh, what the fuck happened here? Like, and then that's that's what we're shooting for. At least I'm sure I can. The, the guys can agree with me. We're like trying to make the city better, not just uh, you know right. our fucking two blocks that we got here. It's like yeah. Community. Yeah, we gotta. We want to yeah. make the whole city better. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I'll tell you what. There's more positive than negative. Yeah, you know this community, Southwest Detroit, used to be a plague for violence and murder and everything terrible, but it's not like that anymore, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's up to us. We are responsible for the outcome of our community, and we are the pillars. We are uh, producers. We are contributors of of you know the standards that we set in our community and the and the morality that we live by. You know what I'm saying? It starts with us, and and uh, you know, it, and we spread it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Honestly, and, now I look at Southwest and I see more of an opportunity for growth for everybody because mm-hmm. you know, like back in the day, you know, there weren't too many schools and stuff, but now. You know, there's so many schools all over the place. You know, people are, like, really trying to teach their kids, like, you know, to get an education and to grow for themselves. And that's something that I see, like, you know, like, this place is more of a place for growth now. You know, like, we saw what we did in the past. It's not working. Let's let's change it up. You know? And that's something that, like, I fully believe in. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope, bro. Yeah, you you have to change your ways to get a different result. That's just how it works in life. You know, like, if you would have kept doing the same thing in prison, you know, and got out and did the same thing. You know, results could have been a lot different. And it's like, if if you do the same thing over and over again, why are you expecting a different result? And it's it's a fine line because, you know, some people have, like, that drive and ambition to where, like, I don't want to give up. But you also don't want to just do the same thing over and over and over again. You have to improve as a person and grow. Even if what you're doing is not relatively growing, you, you just have to find that balance of, all right, am I doing something wrong? And not catch yourself on... The opposite of procrastination, which I like to call just having that tunnel vision of, like, where you don't want to change what you're doing because so-and-so told me how to do this, mm-hmm. like this, and I'm going to keep doing it this way. Or not changing it because out of fear that it might not work. You don't lose anything. If you look back at our episodes, the first fucking, I can say the first five are probably dog shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking no, terrible I, I would, to be more accurate, you know, up, I think to be more accurate, it was like maybe the, after the first couple. And he's like, oh, yeah, now we like, really got that. Except for the seven, that thing where the audio sounds like dog shit. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> but, you know, but, like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's going back to like, you have to, you know, improve. You have to make sure that you're not just at the tunnel vision of, my, this is what we're going to do and this, that's it. No, naturally, as as humans, we have to evolve. You gotta. If fail. you don't evolve or fail, you're never gonna get anywhere. Like, you no, gotta absolutely. fail to figure out where you need to succeed. Mm-hmm. In it's it's kind of how I see it, like the way like in what I'm doing right now. You know, I work in pediatrics as a medical assistant. That you know, my whole goal at first was like I want to be a doctor, and you know, I was like focused on that. Went to college, and I ended up losing a lot of all my funding. And then you know, for like two months, I was like. What am I going to do? I can't do anything. Like, that That was my whole plan. Like, my backup plan was, you know, that. Like, what am I going to do? And then I started thinking, like, why am I tripping about this? Like, I need to just focus. Okay, what else can I do? I was like, okay, I know I want to do medical field. It's more things to do in the medical field than just a doctor. And that's how, like, I went to trade school. You know, I became a medical assistant. Now I'm working as a medical assistant. Now I'm looking at go- becoming a nurse soon. And I'm like, there's always, like, something to grow from this. You know, like, yeah, I didn't 
do like my dream thing of becoming a doctor. But now I'm happy as hell working mm-hmm. in pediatrics, and I and I love what I do. That's dope, man. So Good you, for like, you, bro. It's always it's always about like he was saying, like there's always a chance for growth. Like okay, this didn't work out. Don't keep trying to do the same thing. Try to do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, and like with the Latino community, a lot of times. You know, as a guy, if you're not doing, like, some construction job, or, you know, they say, like, oh, you're not working like a man. And, you know, and I got that. And I've seen that actually working as a medical assistant. I was working in a clinic, and there's a bunch of um, guys that they were doing, like, the gardening, like, the landscaping outside. And I saw one of them look at me. They pointed at me, and they laughed. I'm like, the hell are they laughing at? Whatever. I'm still, like, working on this chart or whatever. I remember going out to my car for my lunch break. And, like, they're, one of them was like, oh, yeah, why don't you work like a real man outside here with us? And I was like, damn, really? <laughs> and then me, you know, being me, I just clapped back. I was like, well, my dad pushed me to go to school so I don't have to work out here like you and I'm working inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, and that, that kind of, like, that kind of, like, got them mad. But at the same time, I'm also he kind of He started running into his car after that one. He said, <laughs> oh, shit, lock, <laughs> lock this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> felt good for a second. Like, they got right, tools. Go, go. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, you know. That's like their mentality a lot. Their mentality is like, no, you got to work like a man. Like you got to go out here and do a man's work, not like sitting up comfy oh. like in the in the you know little office in the air conditioning. That was and my shit. father's wishes. He said he prayed on it even up to his death, man. He said, I never want you to work hard like I had to work. You know, mm-hmm. I, he said I always pray that you work behind the desk wearing a tie. Mm-hmm. And what I do, I came home, I got a job, I work behind the desk. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I do social work, bro. You know what I mean? Right. That way I don't have to do hard labor, hard work. Because, you know, they you know, they work hard, bro. They right. break their back. You know what I'm right. saying? But you, but you work hard in a different way. Of right. course. Like, you yeah. work hard, you work smart, but you also work with passion. Yeah. 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 Two other people. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. You know, that, that's something that my dad always told me, too. You know, he works in a construction, he works right. in a cement company. Mm-hmm. You know, he breaks his back, you know, that's like breaking work. concrete that's and doing, all, work, and doing all that. You know, a lot of times as a kid, I was lazy, you know, I didn't want to like work with him and stuff. And he used to tell me like, oh, you need to work. But at the same time, he always used to say, go to school. So like, like this job isn't for you. I want you to know how to do it. I want you to know like mm-hmm. what like a hard day's work is, but I don't want you to work in this. You know, mm-hmm. he's always said like, I break my back and I have my ass up in the sun all day so that you don't have to, because mm-hmm. I want you to do better. That's dope, man. That's good, bro. Yeah, and it's 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 a fine line between you know like teaching, uh, especially new generations coming up of, you know like like the interaction that he had with you know the uh, what was it construction workers or who was it oh oh me the with the landscapers the landscapers it's like like yeah like you know kind of like not eliminating the mentality of like this is a man's work but more of changing it to like this is a thing you can do if you liked to do it. But that doesn't mean you're going to belittle somebody that's either in an inside job or an outside job. Because first of all, you could be saving his life. Yeah. If he has an asthma attack yeah, out there, true. you're going right. to be the one giving or him mouth to mouth. Right. No, I'm bullshit. I said, you're going to be the one giving him mouth to mouth. Yeah, that landscaper yeah. definitely going to change his mind real quick. <laughs> good, good thing you're in the medical field. Now you can do, know how to do that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah but it's like, you, you, you know, you sh- no one in this planet should feel above anybody else, regardless of religion or social status. We're all the same. We're all going to be six feet under. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So why not just fucking make it enjoyable for everybody around here? And just love one another, you know. Make mm-hmm. it make it simple. Don't don't buy complicated shit, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I ain't no. No, 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 no,
want to? <laughs> you want to? You want to wrap it up, Lottie, or do you want to keep it going after a bathroom break? <laughs> if we can wrap it up, because honestly, I, I no, no worries. You know, I got We got a, an hour and fifty minutes in. Shit, that's, that's a lot. Of, yeah. <laughs> that's a two hours. talking. Not, yeah, nothing in between. Cool, yeah. Yeah. no yeah. joke. And we no. could honestly do yeah. more, but I have to yeah. go. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we, we all got plans. Like, oh, we can do enough for. My girl about to get home from work, and yeah, I didn't do the fucking dishes. Oh shit. That's what happened. About to get beat up. Brian Jones, single life. Single life, man. We don't worry about that. Single life over there. Speaking of struggles, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, it was a pleasure having you here, Eladio. Like, feel welcome to come back. We've already had a couple of recurring guests. Robert's been on it twice. Is there anything you want to tell the camera or anybody out there that might listen or watch this? Um, yes, definitely tap in uh, with the Legal Alien Podcast. Oh, These boys you. are doing their thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm very grateful. I appreciate you guys, you know, uh, recognizing and acknowledging me. And uh, I appreciate your hospitality. You guys invited me in here. Also, go to YouTube, Facebook, Punch in El Nino Podcast, Real Everyday People. Uh, check me out. Here's some good stories from community people, people from many different walks of life. Um, you know, like I said, shout out to my nephew Kingston. Happy birthday. First birthday to you, buddy. And, yeah. uh, you know, just, um, you know, stay positive, man. No matter what you're going through, you know, you create the world that you want, man. At the end of the day, no matter what situation you're in, you know what I'm saying? Life is what you make it. And, uh, you know, and the way you think determines the success of your life. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, love your people, man, because lately I've just been surrounded by death, man, either sickness or death. You know what I mean? And uh, it's been really hard for people to maintain mental health when you're surrounded by, you know, by a nation that is plagued by by sickness. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's important for people to try to stay positive, man, and tell your people that you love them, man, and, and hug them every chance you get and just, you know, cultivate that humanity, that righteousness in you, man. Just be good. Be kind to people. Be good to yourself. Man, don't cheat yourself, treat yourself. Much love to y'all, man. This has been an episode of the Legal Aliens Podcast, live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube.